Welcome to the Nitty Gritty Roots Podcast. My name is Kristen. Here we get down to the nitty gritty on various topics and issues in numerous minority communities. Whether it's marching, protesting, economics, policies, or even hair related, this is your one-stop shop for all your needs. Let's get started. Today's topic will be about slurs. Slurs will initially be stated so listeners understand the abbreviated phrases as the show goes on. So can you guys tell me a little bit about yourselves? Um, so my name's Ariel. Um, I am a registered nurse. Hi, my name is Asher Winner. Um, I am a trans man. I am biracial and uh, I've traveled the world so I've seen almost it all. Of course there's more experiences and opportunities to experience I guess. I was actually in Philadelphia doing a volunteer thing at a um, like a children's daycare center helping the the youth there that are in like a troubled place. It was in Kensington um, Philadelphia, for those people who know where that is, uh, it's, it's a lot, got a lot of gangs and a lot of crime over there. Um, I was helping out and this one woman before me, even knowing that I was transgender or coming to that realization, uh, this woman who, uh, was actually what I thought was a man dressing up as a woman was calling me a, a lesbian and, and, and calling me all of these names like faggot and and it really kind of like it freaked me out because I had never really like I knew exactly who I was but I didn't really know about like orientation wise and I didn't know why somebody of the LGBT community was actually saying these things towards me um, because in my church we we have like we're open and affirming so i've i've never been i've never experienced that from a lot of the gay people or the people in the community have ever heard or like said that to me so it was it was really kind of like a downer it was, it was really sad so like at any point later was there any further exchange like were you able to speak with them about that with the person who said it towards yes. me no, they kind of just stormed out and just ran away, kind of. And this was an adult, so I can, I, she probably didn't want to talk to me. I think I was like 12 years old at the time. Yeah. And that was definitely, definitely like a mid-20s adult, so there wasn't really much after that. That is so messed up. And you said that was the very first time you had had like a slur kind of thrown at you. Yes, yes. So since that was the first time, I'm guessing that wasn't the only time it was thrown at you. Yes, definitely. Can you talk about that? Um, of course, coming out as trans uh, gender um, when I was 16 years old, that's when I first came out. Um, there were slurs thrown at me from my own mother, um, from people who I thought I could trust and who were in my family or church community that actually, who I thought, you know, were so cool with all these people, 
but they're cool with all those people, but they weren't cool with me doing it. How a part of the community that is so opening or open and so loving one another, you know, uh, but my own mother, um, for a long time was, was telling me just you tranny this, you tranny that, and, um, you're just gay. You're not transgender. That's not a real thing. And, and th just a lot of, lot of that, um, even from people who I thought were my friends are telling me like, dude, you're a girl. Like we understand you're, you're like a tomboy, but people, this is a phase and all, all of those different things. But definitely tranny was the biggest thing that I heard and just any variation, you know, with that, with other curse words that, that, that probably hasn't really stopped. I mean, I try not to get, I mean, my mother has, is not like that anymore. She calls me her son to now, but, you know, and you still get those people who are just like, you know, just not with it, not with the okay. times. <laughs> and I feel like almost <laughs> that could be its own separate podcast altogether, just talking about, you know, I guess the overall broad acceptance in the LGBTQ plus community of everyone except for trans people I don't understand why it's like that but I definitely have taken yeah. notice that a notice of that as well as the super homophobic atmosphere we have in the black community and I, I definitely want to touch on that at one point <laughs> yes I would love to I have I talk a lot so this would be great <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any more times where it, it was um a slur had been used towards you just so that people understand like, Hey, this happens a lot more often than we talk about. Uh, so I guess you could say, I hear a lot of, a lot of people say like the F word, like faggot or God, what other names? There's just so many different names that people would just come up with on the spot to just try to, you know, take you off your, your rocker and everything. But I hear that a lot in the, and I think the gay community and a lot of the trans men who are, who, I don't know how to explain that. Trans men who identify as men, but they still date yes. other men. They still allow themselves to say faggots mm -hmm. or, um, people lesbians will refer to each other as dykes and they're like well i can say that because that's what i am and it's kind of like saying the n-word as a black person like we shouldn't be saying this word at, at all and it's it's just it's not like okay yeah i mean you aren't an n-word you know what i mean that doesn't mean a black person that might mean black people to somebody else who's ignorant and racist but it doesn't mean black person you know what i mean it, it shouldn't be it's a, it's a negative word same with faggot same with with dyke and other words associated with that it's just it's just interesting to see and hear that amongst us and it's it's just insane i i don't i don't know i i just can't believe that it's still being said absolutely i think to some degree, people are using terms like that, um, kind of words to like empower themselves. Like I know I've been out places and you hear the N-word thrown around by people that are black and brown and they're saying uh -huh. it and they're just like, oh, well, 
I'm just saying that because I'm, you know, I'm introducing myself or, you know, like I'm just joking around, but it's like, you don't realize or remember the negative connotation that that word has. It, it actually exactly. is not a greeting. Um, the word itself, that N word, it means to, to be ignorant, uneducated, lack of knowledge. It's, it's very much a degrading term. So I understand on one hand wanting to take a word away that's been previously used to hurt you, but it's like, really, that may not be the one we want to use. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely so, not. Well, thank you for sharing. But Ariel, was there anything that has been directed towards you that you would like to share? Um, actually, like, okay, when we say slurs, are we talking about racial slurs yes. as well? Okay, so actually, my first encounter with that was in middle school as well. It was an art class where I was just minding my own business, and someone called me a beaner. And I was like, I have no idea what that is, until she said, show me your green card. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. Um, which, to me, as a sixth grader, I was maybe 11, 12 at the time, um, I was super offended because I had never in my entire life been told anything like that um, because I was super proud to be Latina, very, very proud. So when someone came at me from a different race and said that to me, I was kind of changed my mindset on how to appreciate my culture, I Mm -hmm. guess you could say, because instead of defending myself, I just kind of like, I just shut down and I cried about it. And I think that, you know, especially like young little girls of color, that's, you know, it's something that you see now as well. You see them shutting down and saying, well, why can't I be like this? Or why can't I be like that? Which was to me, it was kind of, um, it was different. Um, And I, I mean, I still get called names all the time, even to now as an adult, I, you know, as an, as a nurse working in a hospital, you deal with all types of patients who, you know, some people are racist, some are not, some don't want you to be their nurse and some, you know, deal with it because they have to, um, or they feel like they have to because patients have rights. They don't have to have a Hispanic nurse, um, as well as people being seen out on the street. Like I get told, like I get looks, I get stares because, you know, I do look a different ethnicity I don't look really Hispanic so um you know I I get a lot of stares and it does make me feel uncomfortable I don't think as an adult when going through college I wasn't given I wasn't told a racial slur but I was made comments about my skin tone how it was too dark when I came back from the summer or how it would change in the winter because I was no longer in the sun or I would have to now coworkers saying, I wish I was just as dark as you. And it's kind of like, why, why does it matter? I guess to me, cause it's like, now I embrace who I am. I embrace the, the Latin culture. I embrace everything that it is, but growing up, you know, I see it now more with people saying, well, I'm jealous of your color. And I'm like, well, that's, that's nice. But you know, I do work in work and went to school in a predominantly white population so when I get said like said that I'm just kind of like well I'm I'm 
don't know what to say. Like, cause it's something that they point out. It's the first thing that gets pointed out. Wow. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that's, yeah, that was a lot. I mean, <laughs> for both of you to have been so young the first time you guys have heard slurs like that directed at you like if you either one of you got you guys can both answer this question but um if you could talk back to that middle school version of yourself what kind of advice would you give to them after hearing that um i would say that just keep your mind open and not open as in I'm only going to be around these open-minded people who say they're open-minded because you can be open-minded and closed-minded at the same time, but be open-minded as in you can educate somebody and still change their mind. You, you know what I mean? You can be open-minded as to, yeah, there's different people around me, but I'm going to stay true to myself and embrace myself, embrace yourself and encourage others to do the same because when once we do that, like there, there's no limit of what positive things we can do. I think that's the, the biggest thing that I would say to myself. Okay. I think I would, I don't know. I think I would definitely tell myself that it's going to happen and to not accept it and not just cower towards it, but to stand up and be strong about it and say, that's not something you should say even if it's how you feel, but that I am a person and I do have feelings. So you coming at me out of nowhere, just to say that to me, is very disrespectful. And I think definitely being more of a person to stand my ground and say something and verbalize it to that person who may have been saying it to other people. So that way they realize like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be saying this because I feel the need to say it okay that was awesome so i just wanted to thank the both of you guys out for uh taking the time to speak with me about this because i know you can kind of rehash and open up some old wounds so i do want to thank you for that it's okay no problem thank you for having us yeah so hi thank you for getting on the call with me i just want to ask you to introduce yourself um and tell everybody a little bit about you all right hey everybody my name's shay um, I am a massage therapist. I, um, yeah, I'm a massage therapist. I enjoy what I do. I do what I love and I love what I do. And uh, I'm so excited and honored to be on this call with you, Kristen. I'm super excited about it. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, so today's topic has been about slurs of any kind. Um, have you ever had one kind of presented to, to you? Um, Yes. Uh, so growing up, I come from an Italian-Irish household, and so my mother and father would throw them back and forth at each other, and at me, because, you know, I'm the product of the two of them, so I was like, thanks, I appreciate this. <laughs> um, so that was probably my first real introduction to it, uh, or the idea of a slur, um, and then as I got older, um, I started hearing a lot of people use the N-word. And once I didn't, I didn't really understand, like some people would get angry and like, then it was okay other times. And then it was explained to me, um, you know, well, you don't say that. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's all I really need to know. 
Now, the first two on. slurs that you, you kind of mentioned, do you mind saying what they were? Just because I, I know, at least for me, I'm a bit ignorant to what they might be, and some of our listeners might be as well. Oh, absolutely. So um, these, both of my parents were from New York, New York City, actually. Um, so this was the slurs that were specific there. But for Irish people, it's Mick. And for Italians, it's Guinea. So, um, I mean, the only thing I've really heard of that's used anymore at all would be, like, guinea tea for, like, a muscle tea. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the only thing I've really heard colloquially used for that. Oh, okay. So, for you, I know that was used kind of, like, amongst your family, kind of, like, I guess, Uh joking banter. Um, How did it make you feel later, kind of realizing that it was a slur? Like, I always actually knew it was a slur. Um, and in reality, because of the way it was said and the fact that it was constantly presented to me as this is a slur and this is what I'm saying to, you know, the person I love, um, it really, that added to a lot of instability in the home for me because I felt like, how can you love somebody you hate? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very, it's, it's very interesting to think back on it. (laughs) So uh, tell me about some other times, I guess, various slurs have been used. Um, the the one that, that I have a zero tolerance policy for is, you know, if I'm in a group of white friends and somebody drops the N-word. And that, for some reason, I don't know why people seem to think that they can just say that around me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, excuse me. No, no, no. And then they get really angry and I've lost friends over it. Um, but I, I mean, you know, if you can't, like, you wouldn't cuss around your grandma, right? Like, generally speaking, all of us know that one person we wouldn't cuss around. So why is it so hard to understand that there's a word that other people don't like you to use? It's triggering for other people. I, I don't understand that. Um, but then the one that really, really touched me personally, um, I came out. I am um, a whole host of things uh, in the LGBTQ community. And um, so I had come out and I was at a party. And this one kid was, had like maybe a beer in him and started calling this guy who was like the gayest gay. Like, mm-hmm. I loved this guy. He was just amazing. And started calling him faggot. Um, which after this, I'll just call the F word. Um, but he kept saying that to him over and over and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, they have to know each other. You know, like I'm not sitting here hearing this, you know, scrawny dude call my friend this word. Mm -hmm. So it started getting a little obnoxious. And I looked at the guy that this was directed at. And I said, is he just being an asshole? Like, what's going on here? And he goes, yeah, like, he's not a part of the community. He has no right to say it. And even if he did, he's overusing it. Yeah. So I threatened to knock him out if he said it again. And since I was had like two inches on him and probably 100 pounds, he listened. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's just so messed up, like that entire situation. And luckily, like your friend had you there to kind of be like, no, knock it off. It's not cool. Mm hmm. 
it's an i feel like for a lot of people if it doesn't specifically affect them like um they don't really care about it you know it's no skin off their skin off their back and i think that's sad we need to work on empathy as a society yeah and and understanding that it's okay to to stand up for other people like it doesn't have to be um I guess present it to you or said to you for you to react like it could be said to a friend of yours or even just a stranger stranger that you hear it um said to to just kind of stand yeah. up and say no that's not correct you're not going to do that mm-hmm. you know that I, that uh, could be at the workplace too oh yeah actually that that happened in one of my workplaces how did I forget about that um, I mean, it, it happened twice, and it was this one student, very sheltered upbringing, and he made a trans joke um, that his grandfather had told him. It was, and I just, I had just said that I was trans, you know, I'm non-binary, and so I turned around and I looked at him, and literally everybody in the room just went dead silent. They didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. One student just got up and walked out. And I said, you know, you do realize what that means. And I educated him because I knew he didn't know. Um, so, like, it was a very awkward situation because I was instantly, like, really, really hurt because he said um, tranny. Hmm. And I was like, we don't even use that in the community, you know? So... It's, it's a hard line to walk when you're at work, and especially since he was my student, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he was very respectful. Once he realized what he had done, he was like, I'm so sorry, please forgive me, you know, wasn't my intent. And we moved on. I think a lot of that could potentially stem from, at one point, I guess it was more acceptable to use that term. Um, not in the LGBTQ plus community, but in, in the straight community, it was just more, it was acceptable to kind of say that until, you know, you had trans individuals that were like, no, that's highly offensive. Stop calling me that. And it was once we, I guess, you know, the world as a whole heard that it took years, but eventually they were like, okay, maybe we should stop calling them that. Or what do they prefer to be called kind of thing? Yeah. And you know, with everything that's going on right now, I hope that eventually the black community gets that respect as well. I think you and I, I think you had hit on this earlier about the, you know, the dichotomy of how these terms are treated. Like, you know, okay, so not many people are going to ever call me a tranny, right? Like, that's just not really going to happen. But, like, how many people are going to be, like, inward this and inward that because you know I want shock value Mm -hmm. yeah that definitely happens a lot and then I know we briefly had talked about it you know outside of this but Mm -hmm. you know we had discussed that out of all the kind of like slurs that get used this could be you know homophobic slurs racial slurs whatever they might be you know the n-word is the one that kind of gets so much um crap thrown at it when individuals within the black community use it we generally hear like 
oh my god you stop saying that word it's a bad word how dare you or we get questions like well why can't we say it um as a non-black person but you don't really see that kind of like argument or conversation around any other slur yeah it's like it's like people expect the black community to constantly be begging for permission to exist and that is just a small reflection of that Mm. and that's not that's not fair that's not healthy that's not okay absolutely not well is there anything else that you would like to kind of share and get the listeners uh, to think about um well I mean I am you know I've I don't want people to be afraid to be themselves. And if there are any, you know, I, you know, if there's anyone from the LGBTQ community that's listening, that might be still in the closet or is like, you know what, I want to come out and I want to say who I am and I want to, you know, be heard and be seen, really, really look around your community, look around in your family and make sure it's safe for you to do so. Um, because, you know, coming out sometimes can lead to a lot more than slurs being thrown at you. Um, so just be careful, be safe, be smart, and keep being fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, I guess, just to build on that, um, to look outside of your your initial surroundings, there's a lot of uh, different opportunities and individuals here in Frederick in the community that are very accepting, very loving. They have rooms, couches, like there's places for you to go if, you know, don't feel like you have to kind of stay in secret or or be in a situation where you're not just loved on. Like there are people here that are going to love you and not judge you um, for that. Hell yeah. Just some some food for thought. Absolutely. And I hope that Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you for getting on the call today. Uh, can I just have you introduce yourself and give a little bit of information about you? Sure. Um, so my name's Elizabeth. Um, I grew up in Frederick County, Maryland, um, and I'm currently in Montgomery County, Maryland. I spend a lot of time here as well. Um, so I, um, I'm bisexual and just wanted to kind of talk about, um, I guess, like the first the first time I guess that I was really aware of um, homophobic slurs being being used and the, the first time I remember hearing one anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't realize I was bisexual at the time this happened, um, but it still stood out really clearly to me. Um, so I was working at a retail store that was like a brand new store had just opened. So we had spent like you know, the first two or three weeks at work, um, just kind of getting the store set up. Um, and I remember the first, the very first day the store was open, I was working, I was like walking around the floor. Um, and I remember there were two women and one of them, like, what, what it looked like to me happened was like one woman accidentally bumped into another woman with her cart. Um, she like bumped into her, like started to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you, my bad and apologizing. And this woman who got bumped just starts screaming. And I like was 
confused as to why she was screaming because it was clearly <laughs> accidental. I was like, okay, calm down. Um, but like at some point in the conversation, or, or conversation, the, the terrain really, um, the woman who was bumped called the other woman, quote, a fucking dyke. <laughs> I remember just, and again, I, I thought I was straight at the time, so I didn't like take it personally, but I was just like, whoa, okay. And it was like, I knew, I don't know if I knew what the word meant at that point. It was just the way that it was said. I was like, oh, that like that's homophobic like I don't I don't even a hundred percent know what that means but like that is straight up straight up a slur right there um and I remember like just because of the the way I grew up um you know like my I wasn't sure what to do when my manager started to walk over um because he was on the floor as well and I was like oh good he's gonna do something about it and I remember my my expectation was that, you know, if if I did ever witness, you know, hate speech like that or, you know, racist hate speech or whatever, my expectation in my head was that it would happen like it did in the Harry Potter books, <laughs> where like in Harry Potter, someone uses like a racist slur and like everyone is like shocked and angry and up in arms and screaming and like just like really going at the person who used the slur but it was just like everyone just kind of froze in the store when this happened everyone just kind of like watched and then my manager came over and I was like oh thank god well at least he's going to do something about it and he was basically just like look it was an accident please stop screaming everyone be nice go outside go about your day and like at no point did anyone stand up for this woman who had just been called a fucking dyke in a retail store, like loudly. Um, I have no idea if she even was gay or not. No idea. Like she had, I guess she had short hair. <laughs> like that, that was it. Um, and like, I just remember at the time being like, oh, okay. Well, I guess the way that this actually happens is that people don't necessarily stand up for people the way that I assumed we all would we just all kind of stood there in shock and no one really did anything um and like that has stuck with me I think more and more as like I realized that I was queer and kind of accepted that and grew to like let that be part of me instead of repressing it because um, I, I grew up pretty conservative, so that was not <laughs> something that was okay for me when I was a kid. Um, but, like, it just, even though the slur wasn't used at me, and I don't, to my memory at least, I've been trying to remember, but I can't remember ever having a slur thrown at me, um, because I, for the most part, look like I could be straight, and I'm white and blonde, so I just kind of, like, landed the the privilege lottery on that front <laughs> um, <laughs> but like it, it has kind of stuck with me I think because I realized that like if like like because I present more queer than I used to so if I like were in a more homophobic area or ran into homophobic people like there's a very possible like it's very possible that I will at some point be the target of that mm -hmm. um I'm just like kind of the realization that like 
people might not stick up for you. Like people might be more like more complicit than that than they realize that they are. And I don't even think like, like with the, the situation in the store, you know, it's not that I was like actively homophobic and like thought it was okay that this word was used. It was just like, I hadn't thought about really what I, like what I personally would do if that had happened. And so it just kind of caught me off guard. And I just, yeah, exactly, exactly. so like the and like the I think that's like a perfectly reasonable reaction for me at that point I was also like 20 maybe 21 um and grew up pretty sheltered so also just like had had barely been exposed to queer people at all at that point much less like to to hate speech at queer people um but just like knowing that even if people aren't ill-intentioned in that silence, that that silence still has an effect on the people hearing it, whether, you know, they're, they're the target of that hate speech specifically or not. I think, I think it's good that you mentioned that, um, because that, that's important to talk about as well, is that being silenced, you know, silent during that moment, um, on one hand, you know, I can understand people kind of being in shock initially, However, when you have everyone who's just quiet, everyone is not in shock. Some people are just Mm -hmm. there. um, They don't want to get involved. And honestly, it doesn't matter if you're a part of that community that the slur is generally thrown at. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody knows inherently that that is wrong to say (laughs) to anyone. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I I tried so hard not to laugh, not at the situation, but (laughs) how out there this woman's reaction was to being hit with a cart like that's never even crossed my mind when somebody (laughs) has accidentally hit me with a cart to be like I'm gonna throw a slur at you it's always been just kind of like let me look at you make sure you acknowledge that you've hit me Mm -hmm. that's about it Mm -hmm. yeah Um, it was was a crazy overreaction like I'm over here stunned too like Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes a lot for me to not know what to say in a situation, but for, the, for just hearing it, I'm like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was it was nuts for sure. Um, and I think that's too, like a lot of it, um, especially when it happens in like a really public place like that. Um, I think a lot of it is just like herd mentality um, where like I, I was shocked and then also I think the reason I like you know in addition to being shocked I think the reason I didn't make a move to do or say anything is because I was like oh my manager is going to take care of it because my manager's on the floor and like he he did he addressed it but also definitely not to the, the level that he could have and like maybe maybe he was also limited by the fact that like he was at work um so like I don't because I have no idea what that company's policies are, or how they enforce them, or whatnot. But like, it was in the middle of Montgomery County, like in what would that have been 2013? I think is when this, yeah, like the summer of 2013. So like, there were definitely a lot of other people around who heard it, and there were definitely other people who didn't work there and had zero to lose that could have been like, hey, that's not okay. You can't just throw slurs out at people like that. Apologize, and no one did because it had been dealt with even though it really hadn't um and the thing is that like a lot like most people who were there probably don't remember it but like I 
guarantee, especially if she was queer, that that woman who accidentally bumped somebody else with her cart remembers it to this day. Like, no question in my mind. Yeah. Uh, the herd mentality or the mob mentality of just like not, you know, obviously there, I'm sure there were other people there who heard um, that that woman who got bumped by a cart say what she said. Um, and I'm sure there were other people there too who like heard what the manager's response to it was um, and also what it wasn't. Um, and at least that I'm aware of, I didn't see or hear anyone else say anything to her. And I think that you know, like you were saying, is to, like initially the the shock of that and just kind of freezing up in the moment is, I think, understandable. But I think we definitely, and especially people who are coming from a place of privilege, um, because we really have nothing to lose on that front, um, like need to do a better job of, you know, making sure that the issue is being addressed. And if, if need be, you know, being the person who's saying something about it. Um, because, you know, I, I'm i sure, you know, a lot of my fellow employees forgotten about that incident. My manager's probably forgotten about that incident. Um, heck, the woman who got bumped with the cart has probably forgotten about that incident. But again, like the, especially if she was queer, the woman who did the bumping more than likely has not forgotten that. Um, and like it, it definitely can have really long-term effects on people. Like clearly I'm, I'm talking about it what, seven years later um, and it didn't even happen to me, it happened around me. Yeah. Um, so I just, yeah, think that we need to do a better job of, you know, even if it's uncomfortable, just like inserting ourselves into situations where we see or hear things being said or being done that we know shouldn't be and like just kind of push through the discomfort push through the the whatever and do what needs to be done because if you don't it's very possible that no one else will absolutely I definitely agree with that well thank you for getting on the call with me today (laughs) yeah absolutely no problem thank you I, I appreciate it for sure you have a good one This story had to be told um, just because of the age that it occurred at, but um, I was two years old and I was in a grocery store line with my dad who was holding me and this older white woman in front of us turned around and kind of called my dad um, a nigger. And even at two, I realized that that's not an acceptable thing to say. And for people who don't necessarily didn't know my dad he was very much the type of person that if something is being directed at him he just won't handle it or address it um but if it had been done to me my mom or my brother that would have been a completely different story so he didn't say anything but I was like no he's not the n-word you're the n-word and proceeded to kind of like get my dad out of that area Another time that comes to mind where I've had that slur uh, thrown at me or in my direction was when I had gone to New York City with uh, two classmates at the time. Um, Actually, I believe we had graduated high school. I think we had been out for about two years. 
uh, we went to New York for an audition, me and one of the, the people I went with. And, you know, we didn't land it. Uh, we got really good feedback. And so we had, you know, decided we were going to go out um, for a night out in the town. And I think we stayed out till like five, six o'clock in the morning. We had gone to Brooklyn, the Bronx. Like we were just all over um, Manhattan, just all over the place having a ball. And I believe it was in Brooklyn where this happened. We were walking down the street and this guy kind of walked in between me and my friend. But as he's passing through, he looks me dead in the eyes and calls me a nigglet. And for people listening who do not understand or know what that means, a nigglet is the child of a nigger. So um, to say that I was shocked and or pissed is an understatement um, from what I was told by the person that I was with. I like snapped. I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like I, I really was at my threshold for just crap at that moment. Um, I had never heard that term before. I had never had it presented to me. Um, and honestly, since then, I've never been called that. But to say like in that moment... I definitely could have put hands on this man at that time. So, like, I, I know that there's no reason to ever use a slur. Like, there was nothing beneficial to him or I from him using that. And honestly, nothing was done. And, and not to say that, you know, at any point in time, you saying or doing something uh, gives somebody a right to use a slur. But just to give context to the situation, I'm literally just walking down the street. Um, there was nothing that kind of provoked any type of conversation let alone a slur so um I know that bothered me it's something that I've never forgotten um and probably will never forget because it's not every day that you get called that so after doing the various segments for this podcast and having conversations um outside of this podcast about slurs in general just kind of want to leave everybody with a question um I have noticed that a lot of different communities are taking what previously was slurs and trying to almost take them back and um, turn it into something positive. So you have like the black community that utilizes, you know, nigger or, you know, adds an A at the end, nigga, and thinks that it's like this positive greeting thing. Or you have the LGBTQ community that, you know, uses things like um, the F word or even queer um, for the older generation, especially older uh, LGBTQ plus members, they, that word was kind of used in a very derogatory way. It was as bad as the F word um, when it was really popular to use that for them. So I know from conversations with some of the older people in the LGBTQ plus community, they're very baffled as to how it's now made it into the acronym um, for that entire community. Um, some do have difficulty with even with it even being there. So I guess the question that I want to leave everybody with for them to think about is, is it okay to kind of have, you know, that community or of whatever community it is? to kind of take that slur and say, you know what, I'm not going to let it have power over me anymore. I'm going to almost give it a whole new meaning or I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it before you get a chance to. 
it, is it okay for that community to do so? Or should we really just leave these slurs alone and not be using them even in our own communities? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Thank you guys for getting on the call. Can you just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Jessica. I'm a student and a mom and a grandmother now, so which is weird, but new and fun. And uh, I'm an art major, the psychology major, just trying to out here fighting for uh, civil rights. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about my life. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce my wife, Rihanna. My name is Rihanna. I am a mom, a grandmom, a wife, um, work, go to school, pretty much it. We're not jobless. We don't live in our mom's basement. No, that was... We got our own place to live, all that crazy stuff. So. That's great. So can you guys tell me about a time that I guess a racial slur or any type of slur was um, kind of presented to you? Sure. Um, well, I have one instance in mind that I can uh, that I can think of right off the bat. It was something that happened recently uh, during the pandemic, actually. Um, I was getting tags for a, a car that I purchased for my daughter to drive and the NBA has been closed. So I had to go to like a third party tag and title place. When I pulled up to the place, you know, I, nobody's wearing masks. And of course I am because our governor has requested that everybody wear masks in public and in <clears throat> places of business and such. So no one has masks and the owner is kind of like looking at me, you know, he's, like I feel awkward. He's like looking at me. I feel like he was like undressing me with his eyes or I don't know. It just was awkward. So I'm very uncomfortable at this point because I really feel like masks are important to wear. I continue because I really need to get these tags. And I, I'm talking to the man and I say to him, you know, my wife and I, and he's like, stops me. And he's like, your wife. And I'm like, yeah, my wife. And I like, look, I'm dead in the eye. And he just like, it was an awkward pause, which felt like an eternity. I mean, it was probably only like four or five seconds, but it literally felt like forever. He's like staring at me. And I'm like, my wife, you know, again, I say to him and he's like, oh, I have another couple like that. And I'm like, oh, you do. Yeah. And he's just so awkward. I, I ended up leaving the place and he's like, well, you're going to come back and maybe, of course I didn't go back, but you know, it's like the literally the most uncomfortable experience I've had in a long time and just the disbelief in his eyes it it just hurts my feelings that I can't just go out and say my wife or god forbid you know like someone hear that you know it's like oh yeah it, it's it's just sad that I can't be accepted that way and that I, I feel like I shouldn't I have to be careful with saying that kind of thing and who I say that to because I'm just being judged, like. Absolutely not. I'm just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Literally. You know, you're legally married. That is your wife, and you should feel okay saying that. That's not an embarrassment. That's like, woohoo, yay, we're married. Well, it's not. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed about it. It's just I feel like I have to censor that information around certain people because I might be missing opportunities or treated a different way if I don't and I mean luckily I can hide that well I, I can I don't know 
now I sound like I'm not proud to be gay because I am, but, or, you know, I'm like, I'm proud of it, but I, I can hide well and people don't know if I, if I don't say something or, you know what I mean? If I don't hold my wife's hand in public, then she's my sister or my friend, you know what I mean? Yeah. And some people don't have that luxury because it's much more apparent for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's all, that's the most recent time I can, I just, it's kind of an everyday thing though. I'm Rihanna. Um, so this happened probably about 10 years ago. Um, right after I first moved to Hagerstown, it's like 2010, I believe. Um, it was around Christmas time. I got a part-time second job at Old Navy, um, to make some extra money for the holidays. And I wasn't married yet. Me and my, um, we were just living together, you know, um, marriage wasn't actually legal yet in Maryland. Um, Anyway, so I'm working with this guy. I had this rainbow necklace on. Um, try not to be too out. Like, I'm not embarrassed, but um, just people act weird sometimes. And I'm from Baltimore, and usually it's not too bad down there. But up in Hagerstown, it's a bit different. It's a bit more rural, mm-hmm. um, more closed-minded people, I've found. Um, but anyway... So this kid I work with, I've been working with him for like, I think I worked there for maybe two months at this time. And it was almost, I think it was like a week before Christmas. And I had this necklace on, and so it got the rainbow on it. And this guy I worked with asked me um, what it meant. And I was like, oh my, it's my girlfriend's necklace. I'm just wearing it. And he's like, your girlfriend? Again, he's like, well, didn't you say that you have kids? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, don't you think you're going to mess your kids up? Like, what do you mean I'm gonna mess my kids up? And he's like, um, I don't think kids will won't, won't kids get picked on for having a um a dyke for a mom. <laughs> and I was really, really angry, like really pissed off. And I wanted to go say something to the manager there, but then I was afraid to say anything because what if she felt the same way as this boy? Mm-hmm. Um, or well, he's a man, he was like twenty-five or something. Um so I just quit. I just left on the spot and just quit. Um, probably wasn't the best thing to do, but I didn't really need the job anyway. I was just trying to make some extra cash. That is insane. Like, I mean, I guess I understand your reaction in that moment. To just feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to leave. Um, I don't know if I could have been as strong as that, <laughs> to be honest. I think I would have snapped on that kid or that adult, but wow, like, I don't know. Yeah, I wanted to, but I, I just, I didn't, I didn't know how everybody else in the store was going to react because I wasn't very open about it. And even still to this day, like where I work currently, there's some people that I'm, that I'm close with at work that know, but for the most part, I'm not very out about it because of the past experiences I've had when I've said stuff about my wife, mm-hmm. like the looks or they're like, is, are you like really, really married? Or is it just, I'm like, they question, they question our like they, unity. Yeah, is they, it a real marriage? Yeah, it's, it's real. Our kids are just as screwed up as yours are, buddy. Like, it's, it's, it's real. It's real. We have real bills and all that. Yeah, and like, I guess you shouldn't have to feel almost like you have to, to validate other people's, I don't know, thought process or even like validate the fact that you guys are married. Like you don't have to prove that to anybody. Like, is like, you I don't guys understand know? why everybody's 
concerned with it? Why are you worried about what I'm doing? Because people are nosy, especially now during COVID. They have nothing better to do but to be in somebody else's business. It, it sucks. It sucks for me and like in the workplace because like I'm I'm proud of my wife. Like I'm not embarrassed. Like my kids love her. She's a great mom. She's a great partner. Um, but like in the workplace, I gotta be like cautious because you know i need to make money i need to go to work you know need to you know support ourselves and stuff so i gotta be cautious about what i say because i don't want like you know any kind of like weirdness or people acting in a different way towards me not wanting to like interact with me mm-hmm. you know and it's unfortunate but i mean i just look like just any other girl you know so people usually don't like assume yeah well, I mean, in one way that, like, no, they're not assuming you might have a wife, but they're still making an assumption about you that you're automatically straight. And I feel like that yeah. that's an issue, too. You shouldn't just automatically assume that everybody is straight because that's not the case. Or that, like, every lesbian wears, like, a butchy haircut and, like, gel toes and cargo pants or whatever. Like, yeah, we're we not con- all the same. We constantly get asked, Who, who's the man? Different. Understanding that if you're not in a certain, if I don't look a certain way, it just blows their mind that you know. It I know that's not like that everywhere, but where we live in this area, it it's like they don't get it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that just don't get it, and hopefully, you know, through listening to some of this different podcasts that we're talking about doing they will start to understand a little bit better. They will get to actually see and hear from people that they might know or be around and see, wow, maybe how I've been acting has not been the best representation of how I want to present myself. And it surely, you know, will help educate, you know, the next generations coming up. You know, you can't say and do certain things to people. It's not right. Right. Exactly. Like, I, I found more acceptance from my kids' friends than anyone. Absolutely. I will definitely say the generations coming up, they are a lot more accepting. They are, um, I don't even want to say tolerant because that's just pronounced. You don't need to tolerate that. But they are definitely a lot more accepting and, and, and loving to a degree yeah. with things exactly. that are outside of that quote-unquote norm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when my I asked my kids, you know, because I was with their father, um, they were pretty young when we left, when we broke up. But we um, actually tried to live together, like as roommates. And then Jess and I met, and things progressed. And I asked them, like, if it was, you know, would you feel uncomfortable? Would it be cool with you guys? And they knew her as just my friend. And they were like, Oh my god, we love her, we love her. And then their friends, when, when they want to inter- bring their friends over, they quickly just introduce it. Like, this is my mom's girlfriend. Now they're like, this is my mom's wife. Like, they have, they're, you know, proud, you know? And their friends are accepting. And, you know, if they've never met gay people or anything like that, they're usually really cool because they're, like, cause, because my kids are so cool about it. 
Let's see, that's, that's progress. Mm-hmm. That's something that we can look forward to with future generations to be to be like that. You you miss out when you exclude people. You truly do. Like, in my opinion, like, you miss out. You definitely do. I definitely agree. Humans could definitely be doing better. I think we have so much other stuff to worry about in the world without fighting each other. It makes me sick. But I like I like that the future generations are moving in a different direction. Absolutely. Um, because, like, we need that. We need to, like, focus on global climate change and stuff. Like, that's really important. <laughs> like, not to bring up a whole other thing, but it is. And, like, I just don't see why we should continue hating each other. Are we not over it yet? Like, good lord. We should be. Anyway. But I just wanted to thank you both for um, talking with me and sharing your stories. Hopefully people listening have heard the impacts of yeah. what they say and will do better going forward. We need to do better. We can do better. Like, and I know there's a lot of people out there like they, like we support you. We're like be more vocal, be more active about it. Get out there, like educate people, join us, like support, show your support. Like don't just say you support, like show it. Can you <laughs> say that for the people in the back though? <laughs> show your support. Don't just say it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. You have a good night then. Thanks. Are you wanting to be a part of this movement, but COVID's got you concerned? That's okay. Sign the petitions, donate some water, or even some snacks. And if you have it financially, that is needed as well. If you go to Venmo and donate to Frederick United, that money is immediately put back into the community, whether that's putting on future events or donating to Frederick's impacted families. These families have suffered a loss at the hands of police brutality. Thank you for listening to the Nitty Gritty Roots podcast. Make sure you go to Facebook and Instagram to add Frederick United. Also, check out Netflix's 13th and Immigration Nation. Until next time.